He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show Live Edition. I'm Anthony Irwin. In a second, going to be joined by Aaron Larsoul. Um, A ton to talk about today. We have the NBA draft coming up. We have the uh, Lakers attempting to buy a pick at some point in in this upcoming draft. So lots to get to. I'm going to bring Aaron on stage and over the course of this thing, we'll bring you guys on because the Lakers, it seems, might have a couple options um, as they get ready to make some big decisions heading into the draft. Um, oh, yeah. And by the way, they were linked to Kyrie Irving because, of course, they were. Uh, but that feels like a leverage play. Aaron, I'll bring you on here. I know you can't speak specifically about Kyrie Irving um, without catching one of those tampering fines. But I will ask you about uh, my takeaway from it, especially after Jake Fisher's latest from this morning. So we see it we see it pretty often this time of year where a team that is in trade negotiation says, hey, by the way, the Lakers might be interested in this or a player, um, and especially that player's agent uh, this time of year who is looking for, you know, whether it's more money or more years, whatever, will say, well, hey, the Lakers just might be interested because that's a great way to get that player's name in the headlines. We've seen it already this year with Zach, Zach Levine earlier in the offseason where uh, a, his uh, agent, who happens to be Rich Paul, um, you know, essentially said, hey, the Lakers are ready to make some moves to be able to bring Levine in, ignoring altogether the fact that it's an, it was almost impossible for that to, to make happen. And lo and behold, Levine is now expected to sign a max offer sheet with the Bulls. And then now you have Kyrie Irving, who is reportedly at an impasse with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, now we are starting to see, hey, the Knicks might be interested and and, and the Lakers might be interested. And it feels like a, a great uh, tool that agents have been using for decades now uh, to try to get a little bit more, uh, no matter what it is, more that they're looking for out of the team that they are negotiating with. Interestingly enough, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um well, first of all, I think for the the length of uh, this spaces, it is mostly just going to be me saying Hennessy is delicious. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I believe I believe Kyrie's uh, stepmom is his agent at this point, mm-hmm. um, and I think she just got certified and is his. He is her only client, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I but I think you're correct. My my. My suspicion is that this is a a leverage play um, because Kyrie doesn't have, I mean, Kyrie does have options, but one of his options is just opting out. And if he was going to do that, there's not a lot of places where he could sign for the amount of money that he could get staying with, uh, with Brooklyn. So I suspect it's a leverage play. And I think that is, that is borne out by the fact that they basically like, the only team that he didn't include in, in, or how about this? The only team that Shams did not mention in his, in his possible uh, places he might go, it is, he didn't say the Warriors, but if he had listed the Warriors, that is probably at this point, the four biggest 
brands in the league or at least for right it's like the lakers the clippers and the knicks like okay mm-hmm. fine you hit the trifecta of like raise alarm bells for um teams right he's been he's been linked to to the knicks before he's from that area so and then obviously with his lebron connection um the the lakers thing so i i do think that it is it is not coincidental the teams that were mentioned um you know, he did notice that the leak did not include any of the teams that could possibly have cap space to sell, to sign him. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Every team that was mentioned here has to do a whole bunch of stuff for the mere opportunity to bring Kyrie Irving in. I mean, and to be honest about it, the Knicks are the only ones that could even get close to right. creating enough cap space to to sign him. Um, so I agree that this is probably a leverage play, but I will also say this. If there's one person that yes. <laughs> we don't have a great handle on what his motivation is, and to be fair, he has given up money to stand on his principle. Whatever you think of those principles, that's an entirely different conversation. But he has shown that, I mean, everybody says it's not about the money, and it's usually mostly about the money. For everybody who says it's not about the money, it's basically almost always about the money maybe there's look but Kyrie is a different dude man Kyrie is someone who again we can we can quibble with what his principles are but he has shown that he is willing to give up money to stand on his principle so respect for that so he might he is the one dude who maybe is willing to give up a bunch of money to go where he wants to go who knows but I suspect this is a leverage play against Brooklyn to uh, and we've been hearing for months around the league that like Brooklyn doesn't want to give him everything, right? Yes. Understandably, yeah. understandably. So I don't know where this, I don't know if there's a meeting of the minds or where this comes together, but this does feel like a leverage play from Kyrie. Yeah, that's, so when this report came out from um, Shams and, it, you know, like you just mentioned, my first reaction was, all right, finally it's out there. Finally, Somebody has been given the go to to throw this out there in a more official capacity. Um, I, I'm also joined here. I'm really excited to be joined here by Dan Wojcicki of of the LA Times. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm 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 really excited to talk to you about this because you know you and I spoke earlier this offseason about the options that the that the Lakers had with Russell Westbrook, how things were coming along there, and. And, you know, it's just, it was the, the, there's so much kind of whispered about um, Kyrie Irving and and has been whispered about Kyrie Irving, not just with the Lakers, but like Aaron just mentioned, the the Nets own disinterest in committing to this guy long-term that it was always, we were always kind of playing this weird waiting game of like, all right, who's actually going to come out with it? All right, Shams did. Cool. Now we can talk about this a little bit more. What are you hearing about the situation? Okay, so it, it, it is tricky because I agree with everything you guys have said so far, which is this could all be coded in um, leverage, right? Like there's a lot of incentives and a lot, a lot of reasons why um, Kyrie Irving is incentivized to make it seem like he's looking elsewhere, right? Um, namely the Brooklyn money. But I think to, to you know kind of what everybody's saying is like you know Brooklyn doesn't seem ready to hand over the bag they don't want to do that um I think Kyrie Irving um you know has been blamed uh probably rightfully in a lot of ways for for some of the issues 
that 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 the Nets faced last season. And I don't know that ownership wants to commit to someone who, by the way, is like really hard to commit to. So I, it, what it does is it sets the stage for the Lakers in this offseason, um, which, you know, was always going to be about if they were going to move on from Russell Westbrook, it was always going to be for a certain level of distressed asset, right? Like it was going to have to be, you know, whether it was a player that was medically flagged, um, that had, you know, whether it was character concerns or a, a, a big hole in their game, like there was no perfect player to acquire. Um, Kyrie Irving's the closest to, to like a needle moving, empty your pockets. Like this dude is that good. Um, and luckily enough for the Lakers, he comes with like a tremendous amount of baggage. And in a league, I was talking to an executive yesterday, and I love the way this guy put this. It's like superstars all you you're gonna have to deal with stuff when it comes to stars, right? Like, regardless, you just yep. know it. Like, um, but you can mostly predict it. <laughs> and what's crazy <laughs> with Kyrie is you can't predict it. He's the most unpredictable player in the NBA, which is why for all this talk about leverage and stuff like that. I, I mean, who knows? I think we're applying logic to a situation that might not require a lot of logic. I will say, I think it does matter that of the two teams, you know, two of the three teams mentioned, right? Like the Knicks were linked to Kyrie. I mean, everybody thought he was going to the Knicks until he ended up in Brooklyn. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, the Clippers and the Lakers, right? It's like, those are the two sort of leaders that he's won with. Tyron Lue, LeBron James. Um, I think after kind of the cloud of everything that he's gone through um, since sort of that divorce with Cleveland, it, it might just be good for him to just get back in and play basketball and win again. And both of those teams really offer it. I, I think the Clippers are probably a little more risk adverse. Well, I know the Clippers are a little more risk adverse, but for the Lakers, like, I don't know, maybe this is the swing. So there are kind of two directions that the Lakers have always been able to potentially go in, right? The two types of trades that the Lakers could make with Russ was one where you bring in another max level type player, whether we want to call that player a star or whatever, but certainly a max level type salary. Or call they that could... player John Wall if you want to. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> like, hey, like Russell, Russell Westbrook is... is delicious. <laughs> like that that Russell Westbrook is is that kind of player, right? He's a max contract but he's not necessarily a max player he's not a star at this stage of his career anymore so the lakers could either bring in another player like that and basically swap big salary for big salary or they could break up russ's expiring contract into a few smaller pieces that maybe um replenish some of the depth give you a little bit more flexibility if, for uh if you have to make additions over the course of the season what have you and you know, logically for me, I've always thought it made more sense to replenish depth. But the thing that I think selfishly I, I overlooked was this is the Lakers. Like they, the, the the notion of depth has not been a priority to them. So the, the when when the first couple names floated out there were Bradley Beal and now Kyrie Irving, it, it makes me think. Okay, it seems like their priority, at least right now, before we get into the draft and deeper into the offseason, has been. Let's see what big fish we can go out there and try to hook. And and then if we have to rethink things and go into plans B, C, or D, then you you start to look at depth again. Um, Dan, is that is that a 
Is yeah. that a fair kind of I, breakdown? Yeah, of how I think so. Work? I mean, look, but I mean, right, like this is like, like you said, right, like this is sort of how they operate and you don't have to look that far into the rearview mirror to see sort of a failed superstar pursuit, right, in Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. where I think through the power of hindsight, um, you know, and, and maybe it's easy to say now, I remember talking to people involved at the time who thought like the Lakers had a shot and, yeah. um, but like, wait, 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 had, had, a, you mean, had a shot with Kawhi? Yes. I which, will take it. A, I will take it a step further. I'm I'm holding up air quotes here, but we thought it was done. Okay, so yeah, so, and but but I think Aaron, though, in hindsight, like the notion of Kawhi, um, you know, being third on sort of a um, organizational hierarchy totem pole seems ridiculous. Like knowing, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. But now you, you know what I mean. No, like, sim- yeah, I do. Or even similar second. to similar, yeah, I I would have put him second, but similar to to Kyrie. Kawhi is a dude whose motivations are kind of ethereal and not well known. I guess I would say yeah, he's so quiet. It, you know, it's it's. it's I mean, I think to... the Clippers. I think the Clippers have given him everything he's wanted. I think they knew what he wanted, yeah. and I think they give him everything he wanted. And 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 quite frankly, I mean, look, when you, have game, you, you probably can't offer him that. Now, I think like obviously, like Kyrie's situation is so different again because. I think Kawhi would fall into the, despite being a different dude, I think he's predictably different, right? Like, I, I, I still think, like, I view, like, Kyrie as, like, sort of like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like, you have no idea what's going to happen. Like, you're, <laughs> Hold you're, on. I need, I, need, I need, can you give me a non-white person reference for that? I don't know what that, I don't. <laughs> Total wild card. Total okay. wild card. Okay, I appreciate it's you. It's all on the table. It is all on the table. Like, uh, the Bobby Brown of New Edition. Uh, see now, now I got you. There you now go. I'm with you. Thank you. Yeah. No, Where it's no, really I'm like it's you. all it's all believable. Like anything could happen. Truly, right? You could tell me it anything, is, and I wouldn't be shocked. It, right. it is all got you. Prerogative. Yep, got you. Uh, no, so I think um, I think that's like one of the so so. But yeah, look, I I think what's different between kind of um, that the Kawhi chase, right, and obviously this chase is like they had like realistic fallback options. Um, I, you, you know, I don't know. I mean, to me, right. Like the fallback option here is you just go forwards with Russ and you, I don't want to say pun on this season, but like you hope to maximize that situation and you move on from it, um, without sacrificing more assets to only partially dig out of a hole. Right. Like if you trade two first round picks and Russell Westbrook and you get back Gordon Hayward and Gordon Hayward plays 30 games, um, that's a disaster. Yeah. Like you, like you, I mean, that's, you are in a much worse situation moving forwards than you are if you just kind of try to try to hope that you can find ways under Darvin Ham's offense to get Russell Westbrook more space. So I, I think, I think what's interesting about this with Kyrie is like it, to me, it just sort of feels like he, he is above the bar where it's like, you, you know, if you're, if you're gonna, if you're gonna empty out your pockets, like you have to be reasonably sure that you are back in the title chase. And He's good enough. I mean, that's not to say there aren't a bajillion questions, but I I mean I think with the ball in his hand, I'm sorry about that, guys. I think with like the ball in his hand, he's one of the foremost skilled players in the league. Yeah, so I think the, I, 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 we talk about a lot. Uh Anthony and I talk about a lot versus like the the three star model versus the two star in depth model. And I say over and over and over, you can win either way. And sometimes if you have the three-star model, it gives you, uh, it gives you 
a a little bit of a grace you know you have you you have some some leeway if some if one of them gets hurt i think either way can work but you better be right if you go with the three-star model and the fit also better be right i can't talk Mm -hmm. about specific people but infer what you want about the fit of this possibility and what it how it relates to the other one the other part of it though is i'm not sure actually i am sure but i'm gonna say i'm not sure that the lakers are in a position to say do we want to do the three-star model do we want to do the two-star and depth model because there are other forces at play here there's other teams trying to make the best deal for themselves too so it, the lakers may not in all of this if you had to if you had to guess one way or the other Aaron would you would you which way do you think the Lakers would prefer to go if all things were equal and they had their choice of path here would they prefer another crack at it with three stars or or do you think they've learned from how this last season went and want to go in a different direction I think it is very important who that theoretical third star is okay uh it may it may it makes sense that like Beal would be the first third star that we heard about then because he fits perfectly with what they would be looking for. I know you can't say you can't you you cough if you agree or whatever, but but like I, it was, it, <laughs> most of most of our podcasts are, but like it, it made sense that if they if the if that was the their first priority was big fish, then Beal if made available would be perfect. He'd be he'd be the exact type of player I'd be looking for. I mean, look, frankly, as far as fit, I'm not going to mention names, but the two people, the two big fish that we've heard about, I think both are really good fits on a basketball court. Let's put aside all the other stuff, but on a basketball court, both of the people, the big fish that you're talking about, who I will not mention by name, both of them are really good fits. I mean, like Mm -hmm. about as good as you can do. And they're both, they are both, they are both that good. They are both good enough to um, warrant the max contracts that they are getting. They are both that good. And, and the fit is impeccable for both of them. Yeah. I think, I think Irving sets you up a little bit better for the future, you know, and having a tandem, if Irving is, is committed to the future, which is always a question, but Irving in, in AD as kind of a tandem moving forward. um, I, I think, you know, really sets you up really well moving forward. And then, I think in the immediate, I would still rather have Beal over Kyrie. Uh, if So long as I know that LeBron is going to be on the ball a ton, I think I would rather have Beal over Kyrie. But that's where I'm, I'm curious. I would like to, you know, at some point, in, in, I talk as if it's not my call. But in the next few minutes, I'm going to be opening up the conversation and, and get your guys' thoughts on maybe who you would prefer or which door you would prefer a being Beal, B being Kyrie, C being two stars and and depth. Um, but if but, this oh, is, oh, I think there's one thing that's important though okay. is that okay. I, I guess technically there's there's door D, which is you know running it back with Russ. But I just I prefer to operate in a world where the D door doesn't exist. Hennessy <laughs> <laughs> uh, is delicious. Yep. Um, so there's there's a there's a uh, I don't know the difference between Gwyneth Paltrow and Cameron Diaz, but there is an old movie um, with one of them called Sliding Doors. <laughs> okay. I don't know why this funny. 
I don't know why this is funny. No, I, 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 don't, I don't know which one's funny. which. I don't. It's I don't know which one's which. Like, <laughs> I just picture Gwyneth Paltrow and Cameron Diaz standing side by side, and you being like, I don't know who either of you are. I don't know which one's which. Uh, <laughs> are they not similar? I don't know. I don't know which one's they, which. They are. They're, they're similar enough. Okay, so one of them, I, I could say who I think it is, but it wouldn't matter because I don't know which one's which. One of them has a movie called Sliding Doors. And the premise of the movie is she works in, in New York and she leaves work one day and she's like racing to get on the subway. In, in reality, she gets on the subway and her life goes one way. In another reality, she's like two seconds later and the doors close on her right before she gets on the subway. And her life is completely different because of that two second difference. Butterfly effect, yeah. Exactly. So I think it is important to recognize, like we can say, should the Lakers... Like, should they go for the three-star model or go for the two-star model with depth? Like, that is a fine conversation to have theoretically, but that has to be informed by what is actually available, right? Like, do you want a three-star model or a two-star plus depth model? Well, it depends on who that third star is. It depends on who those depth pieces are. It also depends on what it would cost to get either, to go down either of those paths. So I think it is a conversation that can't actually be had in a vacuum is my point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I try to isolate it because I'm trying to get a feel for where the Lakers heads might be right now. And, you know, again, I, I looked at things, I think too much from my own prism and my own kind of preference where, uh, I, I would, I prefer the two star method, especially it's one thing when you're the warriors and your three stars are all, you know, full bird rights and you've been able to draft around them and you can spend however much in luxury taxes as you want. And you can keep that core together while also adding to them. Um, it also helped that they had the cap spike and all of that stuff. But for the Lakers and for most teams, once you basically go out and acquire three different superstars, that really limits what you're able to do because you have to give up the assets necessary to go out and get those superstars. You have to spend a lot of your cap, which means at one point, you had to strip down your team to be able to go out and sign that player. So it, it really limits what you're able to do around those stars if you didn't draft three stars. Correct. And so this is this is not this is not done. All of these things have an opportunity cost, yeah. and none of them are done in a vacuum. And by right. the way, can I give a shout out to Epe Udo, who was drafted yeah. in the lottery between Steph Curry and Clay Thompson? Shout out Epe Udo, who's who's in who's in here. I I wanted Ekpe Udo on the Lakers for a really long time. Like it was he was one of those weird players that I just kind of focused on. So Ekpe, the, the, my, my brother my brother went to Michigan, so he was telling me about all the uh, the Michigan exploits while he was there. So we can move yeah. on now. But I just wanted to give a shout out because I saw Wait, him, I saw him in here. But the uh, but the, the the thing that I'm I'm kind of where the Lakers are at. Where again the they obviously didn't draft LeBron and they obviously didn't draft Anthony Davis, so they had to use they either had to strip down their team. Uh, to be able to have a chance at signing LeBron James. And then they had to give up assets to bring in Anthony Davis. And then uh, e even after that, they stripped down the team even beyond what it took to bring in Anthony Davis to give them a shot at signing Kawhi Leonard. So like that's a lot of flexibility that you're giving up to get those two guys. And then now, because of how, it, how much it costs to go out and, and trade for Anthony Davis you're kind of building the plane while it's in the air. And unfortunately, you know, fortunately they were able to do so to the tune of a championship in that, in that first year that LeBron and AD were together. 
And but what you started to see were some of the cracks. And over the years, those cracks built and grew and, and they became uh, tougher to overcome. And then they use what little flexibility they have on Russ. And now it leads you into a situation where either you are going to trade Russ for a Gordon Hayward who you probably can't expect more than 50 games out of. Uh, you're probably either going to trade for him and maybe Terry Rogier, who's probably overpaid over the next four years, or you're looking at uh, a, a trade package coming out of Indiana where you're getting Malcolm Brogdon, who's had his own injury concerns, and Buddy Heald, who only plays on one half of the court. And yeah, like it's the, your options here are tough because it's either those that those paths forward or a Kyrie Irving who has, I'll just say, a really big fan of unlimited PTL. And, and, oh, you no. know, oh, no, not <laughs> unlimited. <PTO. laughs> oh, no. And, you know, or, or, or you're looking at Bradley Beal, who is coming off of an injury riddled season of his own too. Right. So uh, there are no, there are no perfect options here. And that's why I, I'm, I'm really kind of curious to see what direction those of you listening would like to take this in. Cause yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I look, if there was a perfect option, option they, they probably would, if there was a perfect option, there wouldn't they wouldn't be, be available. Right. Yeah, it, would, it wouldn't be a conversation. So um, I'm going to open this up here in, in a second, and I'm going to bring this in. One last thing, Aaron, before we do that, though. Um, with the Lakers heading into the draft, I just had um, Ricky O'Donnell on the recorded version of, the, um, of my show, which will, I, I'll, I'll probably schedule that out for a little later this evening. Um, and Rob Palinka, it you know, said on the record that they are trying to, to buy a second rounder. Is that something they would they would be looking to do uh, to to make uh, to 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 basically create an extra asset for themselves, or do you think that's a player that they would they they see as helping a, a championship team hopefully next year? I think if the Lakers um, get a a pick in the draft buy a buy a pick in this draft, I think it is to try to find somebody that they they've the Lakers have identified somebody they really like and want that person on their roster as a cost-controlled asset because they see something they like. And, and there's a lot to quibble about with the Lakers' front office over the last however long. But one thing the Lakers have done very well is identifying guys in the late first round, in the second round, and undrafted guys that can play, right? Whether that's uh, Austin Reeves or Alex Caruso or Kuz or Josh Hart or Larry Nance Jr. Like, so the one thing that has been consistent is the Lakers have been, been able to find talent in the late first round, in the second round, of Vita Zubats, or even undrafted guys. So I think if the Lakers are able to buy a draft pick, it is because the scouting Joey and Jesse Buss, those guys have identified somebody that they think can help, that they think is undervalued, and they want to use that pick to get somebody that they like. Without getting yourself into too much trouble here, is there okay. somebody you like in that area? Because I think we're, we're looking probably there, there, in like the, the low 40s is my guess. There is. There are a few people. There, there are. But, I, yeah. You oh. text, me, text me when we're done. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to open it up and, and, and start asking uh, those of you who are waiting to come on stage. I'm just adding you in the order I see you on my list. So... Um, Clemente Luna, I'm going to bring you on. I'll bring on, uh, Cooper, who ironically you're at is shut up, Cooper. I'm going to be asking you to speak, Cooper. Um, 
and then I will bring on uh, Big Baby Jonathan. Uh, we'll, we'll oh, start right. with... can, we ask, can we ask why Shub ain't trying to come on after his Celtics lost? Where, where's Shub at? <laughs> I see him. I see you in here, you fraud. Shub, where are you at? Aaron, you aren't supposed to be this proud of your adopted team. You you, you adopted that team for the exercise that we did for the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You, you aren't supposed to be wearing a championship Warriors hat right now as we record. I did not go to the parade. <laughs> Uh, mostly that was because I was afraid of breathing that spicy air of all however many hundreds of thousands of people were around. Yeah. Uh, but no, I want no Shub. I I want these Celtics fans to answer for themselves, Shub. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with until Shub decides to come on if he does. But um, Clemente, I'm gonna start with you. So of the four paths that I outlined, one being uh, I, I guess Kyrie Irving, one being Bradley Beal one being uh, a couple smaller kind of role players in the cap slot that the Lakers would be moving or door number D, which uh, I shall not name. So of those four doors, A, B, C, or D, which direction would you prefer to go in? Did you say door number D? I I can't even think. I don't even want to think of of that door, dude. I, I... I don't want to go into next season with no 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 no. Did you Russell say Russell did you say D yeah, as I a did. number? Yeah, I did. Okay, my, right, my, okay. my brain I'm with it. La- yeah, my brain understood. Now I'm with it. Understood. To, Got you. Yeah. yeah, it was it was totally a, a a a slip of the tongue or whatever. But it was it's my brain saying that door cannot exist. It it cannot logically fit in your brain that 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 door exists. So um, Clemente left. He also or they also don't think that that door exists. So Cooper. Um, I, which, which of those doors, A, B, C, or D would you prefer? I, I think depth, depth has to be, uh, is the key to me. I mean, that's how we won the title two years ago. Mm -hmm. It was, it was two stars and a lot of guys who could play big minutes in the, in the playoffs and especially in the finals. I mean, you know, I'd take Alex Caruso back any day of the week, uh, with depth personally. The, the one, I guess the one concern with trying to build with depth is Aaron like again without getting into the specific names that are the Lakers could potentially trade for um the issue here is that like the depth that you would be surrounding with LeBron or surrounding LeBron and AD with isn't going to be nearly as good as the depth that the Lakers had when they when they won the championship, right? Like those, those players were on bird rights. They were more expensive than minimum guys. Uh, they had better injury histories than some of the guys mentioned here. Uh, so like, even if, even if you're trying to build through depth, which is again, my preference here, uh, there, there, even that comes with its own risks involved too. 100%. And as Dan mentioned earlier, look, Russell Westbrook is not a positive asset in the NBA at this point. So, Anybody that you are able to trade for, whether it's a third quote unquote star or whether it's for depth pieces, all of those things are going to be in some way distressed assets. So even if it's even it's for even if it's for depth pieces, it doesn't just mean you can trade for, you know, two guys making 10 and two a guy making 15 and a guy making seven and they are all on the reasonable contracts. It is still going, those those guys are still going to be a distressed asset for some reason, whether that's health, whether that's their contract, for whatever reason. So I think all of that has to be factored in also. And again, like these other teams aren't idiots either. There, <laughs> there are reasons behind all of this. 
the other well, teams. Well, I mean, they are they are talking to Charlotte. Like, let's be let's let's be oh, fair. Here you here you go. Here you go. <laughs> Hennessy and Sincoro are both delicious. I guess they aren't they aren't idiots so much as they're just cheap. If I was if I was reading that piece from Jake Fisher today, which is up on Bleacher Report, and there were reports that the Hornets are now concerned about matching Miles Bridges' potential max offer sheets, that uh, the reason Kenny Atkinson is not their head coach right now is because they didn't want to commit to paying his assistant coaches. Like if I was a Hornets fan, I would be looking for different teams to root for. Your team is never going to win. It, yes, but look, like we not, uh, bring Dan anywhere. bring Dan back up because again, I've been trying. Right? Like this comes from. Whatever you hear from, and I'm not saying that this is not well sourced, mm-hmm. but whatever you hear, whoever is saying that comes from somewhere and they have an agenda in mind. So that may or may not be what is actually happening. It okay. may or may not be actually correct, but there is a there is an agenda behind every leak that you hear. Somebody benefits from why you're hearing it. It doesn't mean it's wrong. We just have to take all of it with a grain of salt because you have to understand where it's coming from and why somebody is saying that. They don't just—they well, they, they don't just tell. Sorry, hey guys, thanks for having me back. Where? Yeah. They, gen, Aaron's right. Like they, you generally just don't hear anything with like just because like people like you, like as much as you'd like to think that's why. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I do. I like you. We yeah. all. Everybody likes no, you. But but you know what I mean. Like it is usually you have to like parse that stuff out. I mean, I do think though, right? Like. Um, and also, you and Jake are not going with something like that if you just hear it from one person. Sure. You're not just right. Yeah. Sure, sure. But I will say, like you know, like generally speaking, like the way you can kind of work this out is like you hear these things from a couple of unrelated people, and you can kind of you know you can kind of put it together. What's interesting in the Charlotte situation is is so like everybody kind of mentions like the same handful of players as being like the quote unquote bad contracts. But like whenever I talk to anybody who works actually in like basketball for Charlotte, they don't view those players as bad contracts. Like, hmm. you know what I mean? Like they just well, they don't. signed them to them. Yeah, I mean, like, but like they don't like Terry Rozier at like what seventeen or whatever it is. I think he, I think he has like three for sixty left. I think something like something that. like yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. For like a guy who's going to shoot forty percent, like they're like okay, like we don't we don't view this as like some massive albatross that we have to take back. a a zero asset for it. Right. Like they're like, you know, we were close to making the playoffs with him. Um, You you know, that's how they view it. Right. So I think it is sort of interesting with them. It seems to be the difference between ownership and um, basketball and and basketball that like you said, the the people who want to sign the checks and the people who are asking for the money have different opinions. And, And that's what is, I think kind of why we've heard, some mixed messaging or you know at least for me like i can tell you like i said like the best people i've talked to and this is like like russell to charlotte isn't like new right like this is something that i've heard Mm -hmm. in some fashion since like the all-star break right it's like you have i mean look at look at russell westbrook sneakers yep You, you know i mean like there are relationships at play here and but but i think that that being said it's never it's never gotten to the point where I've been told like, just be like, Oh, we like him or we want him. Like the basketball people, like, I mean, again, like they're not generally speaking, like teams know. And I think if you were going to trade Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier to a contender, you know, there's a chance that you might, you, you might, you might do better than, you know, a 2027 first round pick, I guess would be and, and, and an expiring deal. Like, and I think, 
that that's sort of what Laker fans have to remember here, especially like if you choose sort of the depth door is um, which ironically enough rhymes with death door. Um, but <laughs> I, just think, <laughs> I, just think, I just think there aren't like great options down that road. Um, you know, and if you're sacrificing assets today, all that means is that like, let's say this Kyrie thing is a smoke screen. Well, the next time it's a smoke screen and it's another player who's, you know, has percent less, you know, fewer questions and wants to come like, you're going to be upset if you've traded that first round pick for Terry Rozier and you became the sixth seed, you know, and you don't have it to trade for, you know, whoever disgruntled superstar X is down the line. But would, so the issue that I, I have there is it's still Russell Westbrook that you're moving and, and disgruntled superstar X. Like, do you think for for the price that but we've Anthony, seen superstars you, move, you are, you are in the camp that is any anything but Russ is a victory, and I'm I'm not in that camp. You are in the camp that they're addition by subtraction, right? Like yeah. even sending him home is a win. Just not him is a win, and I don't think a lot of people are in that camp. So that is clouding no. your your thinking here. Well, so so I guess the two issues that I have though is. You're if you if you enter the season with Russ again and it doesn't work again, uh, it, it now you've you've created negative momentum on the season that you now need to flip as you try to improve your team. And then the second thing is the the superstars that are getting moved, even if it's disgruntled superstar X, they're still fetching two and three. Uh, first rounders, uh, pick swaps, and young players and stuff like that. And the Lakers still wouldn't have that type of a package. So I, I, I just think if we're just talking about this and weighing it out in terms of risk, I still think the riskiest move forward here is with just trying to see if Darvin Ham in his first year as a head coach can make it work with Russell Westbrook.